You're listening to The Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is by Pastor Dean Bernke. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our sermon, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, is the first reading, the Old Testament reading for tonight from Exodus chapter 14. Picture yourself on a southwest flight. And when that 737 begins taxing down the runway, you begin flapping your arms. The flight attendant comes and asks, what in the world are you doing? And you tell her, I'm helping the 737 get off the ground. She says, you don't have to do that. And you shoot back, yes, I do. I'm committed to making this work. I'm committed to making this plane get off the ground. She says, trust me, you can just sit back and relax. This plane will take off without your help. No, you shout or you protest. I've got to help that pilot get this plane off the ground. After a while, your arms become tired until they can't flap anymore. How smart is that? It's time to stop trying and start trusting. That's the truth of the day. Stop trying and start trusting. We're in a series in the book of Exodus during midweek Lent under the general, under the theme, let my people go. And that's a phrase that appears seven times in Exodus. And today, tonight rather, in Exodus 14, finally, finally, as you heard, Pharaoh lets God's people go. But then it dawns on him that by letting these Egyptian slaves escape, He has basically destroyed Egypt's economy. And so the only logical thing to do is to go after them and bring them back. And so the world's most powerful army is now after Israel. What does God teach us about these exciting events in Exodus 14? Stop trying and start trusting. It said in Exodus 14, the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi-Harath between Migdal and the sea. In front of Baal-Saphon, you shall encamp facing it by the sea. Now, when you look at it, this is probably one of the most amazing commands in the Bible. If you think of it, the Israelites have left Egypt. What does God do? He tells them to turn around and go back. Are you kidding me? Because freedom is being out of Egypt. And now God is telling them to turn back to Egypt. Why? You see, he wants Israel to stop trying and start trusting. You've been there, haven't you? You're back against the wall, your dreams crushed, your broken heart in your hand, and we say, God, it was going so good. 
My life seemed to be running smoothly for a change. What's the deal? Why do I have to turn back? Now, you might be elected as president of Russia, or you might discover a way to email pizza and become a billionaire. Pigs might fly, kangaroos might swim, men might surrender the remote control. It's not likely, but it's possible. But what isn't possible is a problem-free life. And sometimes God's behind the problem. Sometimes God is the one who brings us to the end of our ropes. But we're stuck, we're trapped, and just like Israel, no way out. Why does God do it? God says, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. God knows exactly what he's doing. He's orchestrating our lives so that when we are delivered, he is the one who gets the glory and not us. Pharaoh saw Moses and the Israelites pinned by the wilderness, lost and confused, stuck and trapped. It says, Pharaoh took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. Now, chariots were like nuclear bombs in ancient Egypt. Chariots were awesome. The Egyptian chariots were mobile strike forces for shooting arrows. Pharaoh had 600 of these choice chariots. How many choice chariots does Israel have? Zero. Nada. Zilch. Israel's back is against the sea. Israel is facing certain destruction. There isn't anything that they can do about it. That's the dilemma. Can't you just imagine Moses asking God, why is this happening? The answer? So the people stop trying and start trusting. You know, Jesus knows all about this kind of dilemma. He really does. Jesus knows all about dead ends. The path to the cross led him before Caiaphas, the high priest. It led him before Pilate, who sent him to Herod, who sends him back to Pilate. Christ's death then led him before soldiers, who whipped him and mocked him and spit at him. The path ended at a dead end called Calvary. Jesus knows. Jesus knows what dead ends are all about. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Another translation puts it, 
the Lord will fight <clears throat> fight for you. You just have to stay calm. Just stay calm. What a decree, isn't it? It means that we can stop flapping our arms. It means that we can stop helping God. It means that we can sit back and let God do the heavy lifting. How so? The Lord will fight for you. Imagine for a moment two bowls. One is filled with fresh water. The second contains battery acid. Now take an apple, cut it in half. Place half of the apple in the bowl of clean water. Place the other half in a bowl of battery acid. Leave each in its respective bowl for five minutes. Pull out the two halves. Which one will you eat? You see, our mind is sort of like the apple. God's word is the good water. Problems are like battery acid. If you marinate your mind in problems, they will eventually corrode your brain and corrupt your thoughts. But if you marinate your mind in God's word, and God will preserve and refresh your mind, what is God's word for us tonight? Just stay calm. But we ask, what if? What if I lose my job? What if my wife or my cancer returns? What if my boyfriend dumps me? What if one of my children is in an accident and is paralyzed or worse yet killed? God's decree calls us to replace what if with his word, just Stay calm. You know the scene of the the Red Sea, the story of the Red Sea and the Israelites crossing it and the Egyptians being swallowed up in the waters. And that's one of the greatest scenes in the Bible, I think. And if this scene is in your heart, it's like having the keynotes of the music scale. It's amazing that with just a few notes, all kinds of music can be played. So few notes, but you have to have the notes. Here are the notes. Moses lifts his staff. The Red Sea parts. Israelites walk through on dry ground. Pharaoh and his army follow. The Red Sea comes crashing down on them. Here's the song. No more bricks. No more whips. No more Pharaoh's bag of tricks. And when did this happen? Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. When did God finally save his people from their long night in Egypt? In the morning. What does Psalm 46.5 say? Or when does Psalm 46.5 say God delivers? In the morning. 
When did Jesus rise? In the morning. When does God deliver us from the long nights of life? According to Lamentations 3, His mercies are new every morning. And what is the last name in the Bible that the Bible gives Jesus? The bright morning star. Psalm 30 says, Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Are you feeling stuck? Trapped? Pinned against the wall? Are you afraid the depression will never lift? The yelling will never stop? The emptiness will never leave you? Are you wondering, will the gray sky ever brighten? The load ever lighten? You feel predestined for pain, asking, will I ever get out? But you know, Exodus 14 announces that your battle or battles in life are God's battles. And get this, God never lost a battle. God never lost one single battle ever. Not with Pharaoh, not with sin, not with Satan, and not with death. The outcome is inevitable. The victory assured. The last chapter has been written. It's time to stop trying and start trusting. The plane will get off the ground without our help. For God has it all under control. So we can stop flapping our arms. As Moses puts it, just stay calm. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was filled with joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about Hope Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.hopeaurora.org. Send an email to office at hopeaurora.org or call us at 303-364-7416. This has been The Word of Hope.